You just abandon any precaution. You know, folks, something could happen here, and if it does, so what? Welcome to Nathan for Us and Nathan for You podcast. My name is Kelly. And hi, I'm Megan. Today, we have a very special guest, friend of mine from playing an Animal Crossing survivor-themed ORG last year, mom of Booby the Cat, and uh, just awesome, fun Nathan for You fan, Isabel Bourgeois. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk about this episode with you. I've, I've been preparing to record this podcast for several months now. Um, and yeah, I'm a huge fan of Nathan for you. Love your podcast. Huge fan of Megan and Kelly. I'm excited to get into the episode with you. Yeah, we only have people who own cats on the podcast lately. We had, you know, Tommy, famously owner of Pasta the Cat, and now we have a... Uh, Isabel, Booby. owner of Booby the cat. Yeah. Booby and Pasta are pretty great cat names offhand. <laughs> so we are talking about an infamous episode of Nathan for You today. It's season four, episode one, The Richard's Tip. Um, I think there's going to be a lot for us to get into with this one because a lot of stuff goes down. You know, we've got multiple celebrities to go through. So why don't we... Uh, Get down to it. I guess first, actually, Isabel, do you want to tell us a bit about your history with Nathan for you? Sure. Yeah, I've been watching this uh, show since season one and fell in love with it right away. It's just such a unique concept for a show. Um, You know, it's absurd, awkward comedy in real life, and it's leached into the public world. I remember watching the zoo episode and realizing that I had seen the viral video of the goat and the pig. So I was like, this is legit. Um, And, you know, I usually hate secondhand embarrassment. Like if I'm watching like some really awkward moment on like a reality TV, I will have to like turn away and, you know, look away. But Nathan does it so well. And, you know, he thrives in those awkward silence and uses long pauses to like really amplify the scene. Um, But the show too is like super heartwarming. You know, you get to um, get to know Nathan and his struggles with being single and wanting friends and you get to love the clients usually. Um, (laughs) So yeah, and this episode specifically, you know, has a lot of those twists and turns that you know, with, with the longer episodes where the it's 30, the whole episode is is one scheme instead of two separate segments, um, because those ones tend to have, I like to call them side quests. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. Like Alex in the um, electronic store episode mentioned that, you know, you don't always know where the episode will go. So episodes like um, the horseback riding one and um, are more straightforward, but then Finding Francis are longer. And so those tend to have those side quests where they have to deal with something to get to their final goal or have or the end goal even changes. So this episode definitely has a lot of twists and turns. And this episode too has a lot of callbacks to previous episodes. Yeah, I feel like it's always more fun when we see Nathan kind of face different adversities and realize things along the way, learn things about what he's going to be doing. I feel like that's kind of one of the hallmarks of the show. This episode is the episode that I recommend people watch first 
whenever I tell anyone to watch Nathan for you. I'm so obsessed with it. I love a tangent and I love all the hoops that he has to jump through in order to, you know, have this small little idea come to life. And I think if anybody's listened to any of our rankings, you might have been able to guess that this episode is like incredibly high on my list. And before we started this podcast, if you asked me what my favorite episode was, this would always be my answer. Wow. And you're not even a big Seinfeld person. I like Seinfeld. I mean, it does. this episode doesn't have a ton to do with Seinfeld, I would say. But I actually uh, started rewatching it like last week. Whoa. Seinfeld rewatch. Happy for you. I did that last year and it a lot of it doesn't hold up super well, but still a fun watch. Highly recommend. I have never watched Seinfeld. Maybe I'll get into it. Festivus is coming up. Maybe you do like a full day of watching Seinfeld on uh, December 23rd. So uh, we open up this episode and we are at Joe K's Deli Restaurant. And uh, we kind of hear Nathan talking a little bit about the different dishes that are featured at Joe K's. Um, He's going "Mm, mm, mm," and talking about all the different foods. And we also meet the owner named Steve Mullen, and he's struggling to draw people into his restaurant. It's in L.A., and he just feels like people aren't that interested. They're not very new, and they just need to get more exposure. What what were you guys' first impressions of Joe Kay's and Steve Mullen, the owner? So I think Joe Kay's Deli is, you know, it's an okay name. I thought maybe we could workshop it. Um But my favorite part of this first segment by like leaps and bounds is how the owner just really wants to get on Triple D. And he he just keeps asking Nathan, you know, oh, do you know the show Diners, Drivings and Dives? And Nathan's like, well, yeah, but you know, it's not this show. And I just really like the owner's dedication to trying to get on to that show because I too love Guy Fieri and would do anything to be on one of his shows. Yeah. He he says, I think at first, Steven says, dine and drive. And they're like, you mean diners, drive-ins and dives? But I, I love that banter right at the get-go. It's, it's hilarious. <laughs> Sorry. Flavortown is my favorite town. And I can't even tell you how many episodes of Triple D I have watched. If there's any podcast we should do after that, it's probably just <laughs> about Guy Fieri. Now, actually, fun fact, Kelly runs a beer mi- or a fear mile on Halloween every year. And one yes. year she went dressed as Guy Fieri and it was her best <laughs> costume yet. Yeah, I, I won a costume contest dressed as Guy Fieri, Guy Fieri for the real ones. For um, the Italians. <laughs> but yeah, I won a costume contest dressed as Guy Fieri. I, yeah, Megan and I are both obsessed with Guy. We love everything about Flavortown. Um, I th- yeah, not, not, not to take a steep right turn, but if we're going to talk about <laughs> Flavortown now, maybe the people can let us know. I, for Christmas with my friends, all I want for Christmas is to have a potluck and to call my home Flavortown <laughs> and to have all my friends dress up as Guy Fieri and show up for this potluck. And our friend group thinks I'm joking for some reason. But it's all I want. And I, my greatest nightmare would be people showing up and not dressed as Guy Fieri. 
send me the invite. I will show up in full Guy Fieri attire. Come to Canada. We'll have a potluck. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like I just remember being in, in university and we would be like at the frat house. And like the only thing everyone could agree on watching was Food Network because like no one wanted to watch like people would try and watch sports and then people would be arguing about what sports people wanted to watch. But everyone always would watch Food Network instead. So I feel like that's how we got a lot of uh, Flavortown, you know, loving going on. But guys, I did a bad thing. Um, I told Megan this briefly earlier. <laughs> Isabel has no idea what's about to happen. It was such an alarming <laughs> text to get. Kelly just said, I did a bad thing. I'll show you on the podcast. And I was like, oh, no. While this whole discussion was going on, all I could think about was what would Guy Fieri and Nathan Fielder look like if we like face morphed them together? So obviously I did it. And I'm going to send you both the photo. We can post it on our uh, Twitter feed. Oh, my God. pretty (laughs) nightmarish. Um, oh my god! <laughs> I guess the app I used didn't really work super well. It basically just kind of took each of them and overlaid it transparently. But it makes Nathan looks uh, a little bit like the devil. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Picture. Hear me out. He looks like he could be a biker, <laughs> like in a motorcycle gang, right? Potentially. Or he looks like he could be on the, like, Twilight? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone, um, make sure you go check out this picture um, on our Twitter feed. I'll put a link to the tweet wherever I post it. Um, Colin commented that he thinks he looks like Corey Calderwood from The Hero. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Maybe while Nathan is wearing, like, the fake mask. Yeah. This could be um, Corey's dad because we don't see his dad on the episode, right? Maybe this is his dad. <laughs> He's maybe, just in Hawaii. Maybe Nathan is his dad. Right. Is wow. it his stepdad that's in Hawaii? I don't know. I can't now, remember. If, if you're like, if you're someone who's going to go to our Twitter page to see this, you, you're, you're dedicated. So also while you're there, if you haven't Googled Guy Fieri, uh, like if he looked normal like if he didn't get the the frosted tips and like dye his hair you can see him looking like a very middle-aged italian man and it's quite a treat yeah it's alarming as well i will i will say it makes you think that actually like the the frosted tips look pretty good (laughs) because at first you're like is is this a good decision is was this a good move and then you look up what he would have looked like without it. Now, okay, this is this. I don't know if I've talked about this before, but I do have a fear of like having the wrong hairstyle, but never being willing to change it. Like sometimes you see those before and after videos and someone just cuts their hair slightly differently and they look like a completely different person. And before the slight haircut, I would have never considered them. And then after a haircut, I'm like, wow, you're the most beautiful human I've ever seen. And not being able to identify that without the slight haircut concerns me. Maybe you need to try frosted tips. I don't know. Well, I because it's the bottom of my hair, I feel like isn't that just like a balayage or whatever? Because I've gotten that. So I think I have had frosted tips. When I was like 10 years old, 
I wanted to change up my hair. And so my, <laughs> I got like stuff to highlight my hair and my dad did it on me and Stephanie, my sister. Um, and it, looking back at pictures now, it looked like cheetah print. It was awful, oh, disgusting. No. Do not recommend it. I learned like last year that um, my dad took my brother to get frosted tips when he was younger because frosted <laughs> tips not, came not up. to Flavor Town, <laughs> not to Flavor Town. I don't even know how this came up, but it was something like my brother was like saying that like no, my dad's a real one and will keep your secrets, and I was like no, there's just no way he would. And then he was telling me about how when he was little. He really wanted to get frosted tips. My dad brought him to the hairdresser, got them. He looked in the mirror and started crying. And then my dad immediately booked him for another haircut and got his hair dyed back. And they never spoke of it ever again. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like, not to generalize, but I have heard more stories of like, teenage or like preteen boys having like bad haircuts and crying than I ever had of of girls having this issue because like I remember being like 11 or 12 and just like straight up chopping my hair off myself and like giving myself bangs and I was like this looks bad but like I never like cried or did anything about it oh I've definitely cried over a haircut I don't know if we've discussed this before but I also for sure you know Kari from Digimon Yes. No. Did you not watch Digimon? I did not. No. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) It's called having taste, but anyway. (laughs) If anyone Googles Kari from Digimon, she has like like fake cartoon anime hair. Like it's not realistic. It's very choppy. Yeah. I like straight up walked into the hairdresser, handed them a Digimon card of Kari and was like this, this is my vision for myself. I need this haircut more than ever. And the hairdresser was like, are you sure? And I was like, yes, this is my destiny. (laughs) And they cut my hair like this. And like the bangs are like an M shape. It was really bad. I can't believe an adult would let you do that. Yeah, well. <laughs> like what adult it's... hairdresser would be like, this is fine. I mean, my mom was there and my mom was like, this is her dream. <laughs> let it be. <laughs> and I walked out of that being like, I am Kari. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So moving on <laughs> from yeah, whatever, good, good, whatever good we're talking about. <laughs> good luck picking and choosing the stories from that. <laughs> Um, so Steve does seem very into getting on diners, drive-ins, and dives, um, which I also did quickly look up. It doesn't look like they're currently filming Triple D, but when they probably will go back to filming it in the future, you can submit restaurants to be featured. So if anyone has a favorite diner, drive-in, or dive, um, you know, you can submit it to Guy himself to come visit. How about I mean, Joe's should- Oakley's Deli? Yeah, we should also yeah. make Joe K's Deli, right? Well, spoiler alert, they are still open, so... Ooh! I and intentionally never look them up so you can tell me and I can be shocked. Yeah. That would be really nice of us, though. I feel like if there's one thing we could do for someone on the podcast, that would be the best. I don't know if um, Steve still owns it. I'd have to double check on that, but... 
Um, so we move into them kind of discussing what the scheme of the episode is going to be, the very basic premise of what we're doing here today. And Nathan basically tells us that he's noticed that restaurants get a lot of press coverage when a celebrity comes in and tips a waitress or a waiter a lot of money. So his idea is we're going to get an impersonator to come in. They're going to leave a $10,000 tip. And then that's going to be it for Joe Kays. They're going to explode. They're going to be all over the newspapers. And a celebrity would never deny doing this because that would make them look really bad. And it would be very silly of them to go along with it. Um, I I noticed during the little drawing of this whole scheme that Nathan has a picture of Beyonce specifically. Mm-hmm. And, like, the the article title is, like, Beyonce leaves $10,000 tip. Do we think that they were thinking a Beyonce impersonator would be the best for this, uh, this scheme? Well, they did. I don't know who they thought would be the best. I mean, Beyonce would be hitting headlines no matter what year you're talking about, right? Like, she's just forever going to be an enormous celebrity. Um, Beyonce would have been a good choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they were just aiming high. As they should. It was 2017, so who was like the top celebs of 2017? What was happening that year? You know what I mean? Let's look who up was... the sexiest man alive. I was going to say, <laughs> look up the sexiest man alive. Selena Gomez, it looks like, was oh, hot. Selena Gomez is still hot. Yeah. I just started watching her show, uh, Selena and Chef. Yeah. They're going to say only murders in the building. Okay, that one also. Oh, Blake Sheldon was Sexiest Man Alive in 2017. That That's a choice. So he, yeah, that'd be tough because like he has a really specific voice and accent. So you'd have to get a very good impersonator versus like Michael Richards doesn't have an accent. So it's a little bit easier, I think. Yeah, if you look like the person... Uh, because you're not going to be talking to a lot of people at the restaurant. Yeah, I'm Hopefully, seeing Robert I'll... Robert Pattinson on this list, which I would love mm. to see. He wears a lot of hats, so I feel like you could get away with being a uh, Robert Pattinson impersonator. Well, why don't we talk about the auditions and talk about if there's someone else we would have chosen? <laughs> the auditions are pretty bad. They're really bad. <laughs> so... Auditions on Nathan for you is like one of those drinking game check boxes. Like I love it when it pops up in an episode. It it just it's always a good time. So I could I didn't know all of the celebrities. So I wrote down we had a Jim Carrey impersonator who couldn't decide if he was impersonating Jim Carrey or Ace Ventura. We had Taylor Swift, Michael Richards, and I wrote Man with Braid and Bandanas. That was Willie Nelson. Nelson. I didn't know who he was. Yeah. And Bill Gates. There so, was someone else in a suit, I think, briefly. I didn't couldn't put a name to that one. I was also trying to figure out who that person was. I was like, is this uh, like Gomez Adams? Like, what is, oh, what is happening here? That would be nice. That's not a real person, though. That's a character. Um. <laughs> The Taylor Swift one, she was an awful singer. <laughs> she was really bad. Yeah. And also I mean, when when Nathan was uh, watching the Ace Ventura one, his face was just hilarious. He looked like really disgusted. <laughs> I feel like the Ace Ventura guy wasn't bad either. I thought like, he was good. He was, he was a good Ace Ventura, not a good Jim Carrey. 
Yeah. He was uh, good out of the group we got. <laughs> yes. Taylor Swift, my biggest issue was like the outfit that the Taylor Swift impersonator is wearing too. She's in like a very shiny purple like mini skirt and like a black halter top. And I was just like, this doesn't vibe with what I think of when I think of what Taylor Swift would wear. Um, and yeah, as mentioned, her voice was was not great, but she's actually um, an actress. Oh, as a Taylor Swift impersonator? No, um, she was recently. Well, she sorry, she's not a Broadway actress though. No, she was recently uh, credited as a Marilyn Monroe impersonator. So I think she's oh. having an identity crisis. Yeah, but do you think Nathan was hoping he would pick Bill Gates? Uh, I don't think so. I feel like that wasn't like because we didn't see. Bill Gates come in this time. We just saw a video of Bill Gates. So I almost feel like that was from the original audition for when mm. they did the web. Oh. Yeah. Big That's my, it. Yeah, conspiracy theory. <laughs> Tinfoil toques. <laughs> do do do. It was a nice callback to a previous episode, but I'm I'm glad that they went with a different character. Yeah. And it, it's it's funny because it's, like, such a random person, like, in 2017, who is even thinking about Michael Richards, let alone who's hiring a Michael Richards impersonator to, like, come to their party. Well, yeah, okay. Nathan was asking, like, he's, like, concerned about his relevance. And he's, like, is he dated? And, uh, <laughs> but he's, like, maybe, but Steve loved him, so. Yeah. And, and uh, interestingly enough, I believe that Michael Richards impersonator is also named Steve, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Steve Ostro. Maybe that's why Steve, our owner, liked him. So I did not Google it, but he was saying that um, – so they, they pick Michael Richards uh, as the person they want impersonated. They let Steve know you got the job. And then Nathan is talking to him about, you know, is this something you do often? And he starts telling Nathan about – or I guess the audience as well, about how Michael Richards stopped being hired for corporate gigs because of his little problem after the comedy store. What what did he do? Oh, you haven't heard of this? I don't know. No, I've never <laughs> heard of this. I, I was going to Google it, and then I thought I would just ask you. Oh, yeah. So he very famously, he might have been one of the first celebrities to get like canceled in real time because of like videos on social media. But he was doing stand-up in 2006. And um, al allegedly, there was a group of people that came into his stand-up show and they were being like a little bit rowdy or like loud. And so he started yelling at them and like calling them racial slurs. And someone videoed it. Oof. <laughs> yeah. Well, doesn't the impersonator says, I know he's a great guy. I know he's not racist. So yeah. Yeah, it that's I think like that's why he I said it might be though. <laughs> yeah, it was. I, I don't think he knows him personally. I mean, I don't either. But based on this one story I've heard of him, uh, it's it's not looking great. It's so wild because like someone actually videoed it, and then it was it obviously like blew up everywhere. People being like, "What is this?" Like he freaked out, and then he ended up going on a bunch of like late night shows and like apologizing, but. And that's why he retired from stand-up. He said it still haunts him to this day. Oh. Yeah. 
probably haunts the people that he yelled at as well. Yeah, they said they did not accept his apology. (laughs) So. Wow. I would like to know how they felt about this uh, $10,000 tip. Yeah, I would I would want to know if Michael Richards has seen this episode and what he thinks about it. I mean, he's probably free. Maybe we could ask him. Yeah. I mean, I it wouldn't surprise me if he heard about, you know, the news headlines says Kramer tips $10,000, so I'm sure he was reached out to for comment. He probably googles his name too sometimes. Maybe. I mean, he's probably very rich off of Seinfeld. I'm not sure exactly how much money he's worth, but that show's been in syndication for like a billion years. I'll look up his net worth. Although I don't know if any of these websites are actually accurate. I don't think so. <laughs> but, but it's still fun to do it. According to CelebrityNetWorth.com, his net worth is $30 million, And he is 72 years old this year. Oh. Yeah, he's really I will- old. I did. I Googled him to see how much he looked like the impersonator. And I think today definitely does not. He wouldn't he wouldn't pass for sure. He has like he has gray hair and a beard. Maybe he's trying to distance himself from himself. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, I hope no one remembers that time in 2006. Well, as discussed, a haircut can make you look really different. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Just grow a beard. You're a completely new person. So uh, we decide we're we're hiring Steve, the Michael Richards impersonator. Um, So we bring him in and we see, you know, Steve practicing with Nathan. And he's a little bit too Kramer. So Nathan's kind of like, hey, you need to be less Kramer, more like Michael Richards um, rather than the character. And it looks like they're starting to kind of get it right. But then we have a problem. Uh, Nathan realizes, you know, one thing about these tipping stories that are often in the news is that they always are accompanied by a photo of the receipt. And on the receipt, it always has the celebrity's name. So in order for this to work and not be scrutinized by journalists, they need to have a credit card that has the name Michael Richards on it to be able to pay the bill. I feel like this is really where things start to spin out of control. So Nathan, obviously, the only way he realizes that they're going to be able to make this happen is they need to find someone named Michael Richards. So he pulls out the phone book, which honestly good for him um, for even being able to find a phone book in 2017. Like (laughs) this was not that long ago. And he looks up every single Michael Richards that is listed and calls them to get permission to borrow their bank card to do a one-time transaction they'll be fully reimbursed for. Um, And we see a couple of clips of him talking to people. They are not happy. They obviously think this is a scam. It sounds like maybe he also offered them $250 to do this, which seems like a good deal. But like, yeah, offhand, if I answered the phone and someone asked me for this, I would immediately be like, this is clearly a scam. Oh, I would have hung up in a heartbeat. Yeah. I love when one of them said, could you put me on your do not call list, please? <laughs> that sounds effing stupid. <laughs> please rip my name out of the phone book. Yeah, I bet these people didn't even realize, like, wait, there's, there's still a phone book? <laughs> yeah. Who has a phone book these days? Um, so 
Nathan realizes, you know, this isn't going to work. We're not going to be able to find someone named Michael Richards. But instead, why don't we recruit someone who is willing to change their name to Michael Richards? So he puts up some flyers on the street. And of course, he puts up a Craigslist ad to try to find someone who's willing to change their name for $1,000. How do we feel about this? Uh, this is like a classic Nathan thing, obviously, posting on Craigslist. How how would you guys feel about changing your name for $1000? Oh, in no world is it worth it. Like if if we had to this exact deal, okay, we would have to change our name to Michael Richards cuz quite frankly, a man or a woman could have done it. Ugh, just the paperwork alone and you have to drive somewhere and then for 4 weeks your name has to be in the newspaper. I don't know what the right number is, but it would probably have to be at least like 10 grand. It's such a pain in the ass, as Paul says later on, you know, things like changing your social security, your life insurance policy, like all of that type of stuff. I would, yeah, I would say at least a hundred thousand dollars for me, probably. Whoa. I'm, I'm apparently cheaper. A <laughs> hundred thousand. There's not a lot I wouldn't do for a hundred K. I feel like. Oh, but there's no way anyone's giving you 100K to do it. Yeah. I also kind of want to talk about, so we meet this man named Robert Paul Holmes who agrees that he would change his name. I think he was a little bit unclear on what what Nathan wanted him to do at first because he's like, oh, I want to change my name to Paul, which is my middle name. He doesn't realize that he needs to change his name to Michael Richards. Well, in the ads, it does not say, call this number to change your name to Michael Richards. It says, get paid to change your name. So going into it, he was not expecting this. But the ad didn't specify. Probably because someone could trace this whole interaction back to this ad. Yeah, Because, of course, all of the journalists are really on this case. So what do we think of the name Robert Paul Holmes versus Michael Richards? Like, what's a better name? I don't think Paul's a great name. Yeah. But also, having the name Michael Richards and being tied to that celebrity, like, is that more of an inconvenience? I think for this particular guy, when we learn later that he has, like, a criminal record that it sounds like is somewhat serious, like, I think for him, it's probably better for him to change his name to Michael Richards because, like... Anytime you Google Michael Richards, it's going to come up as Kramer stuff and and racist stuff. And he doesn't have to worry about his um, armed robbery. (laughs) And kidnapping? No, a step below kidnapping. That's too... If you're on the step, there's a problem. There should never be a question if you might be kidnapping someone. We needed a lot more details, even though we were blessed with some of the story. Like, there's no reason he should have called Nathan and said any of this. Yeah, I have a lot of questions for this man. So many um, questions. <laughs> I really like it when Nathan, or when the show uh, just kind of leaves us with these very odd things. I've been watching Succession a lot, and one of the things that I find with that show is that they really like the idea of, like, talking about something really funny but they never show it or like follow through with it so in a previous episode they talked about how they were going to have tiny wu-tang which was like little kids who would come out and perform wu-tang clan songs which sounds incredible but you never actually get to see them and this is kind of like that where it's like i would like to know the story of paul holmes and the robbery but maybe it's 
it's actually more fun if we don't know what happened. I tried Googling like with the arrest record. I couldn't find it. Did you guys, were you guys able to find it? I did see somebody on Reddit say um, that he found it in Georgia, but I, I couldn't find it. I could not find anything. No, I, I wonder what name he goes under today. Yeah, that's a good like, did, did he switch it to Paul? Because after four weeks, you're immediately going and switching it again, I would assume. Yeah, like, because did he have to change, like, his driver's license and stuff? If you switch your name back after four weeks, do you have to actually go and change anything? Can you just, like, this like a return policy? Change? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, if he didn't bother changing anything else, just going back, then it should just be like nothing happened. Yeah, it seems yeah, fair. If, if you don't get anything swapped, can you just change your name and then go back? It's a lot of questions. We know Anyone... nothing about name changes. <laughs> yeah. I I don't even know if I want to change my name when I get married because I'm lazy. I mean, fair. Um, so we also see a scene between uh, Paul <laughs> slash Michael Richards and Nathan where they're negotiating an amount of money because Paul is not happy with $1,000. Um, I just think we can really kind of talk about these negotiation tactics a bit because, uh, wow, it's really bad. It's tragic. Paul slash Michael is the most horrific negotiator. He's really, really bad at it. I don't know what his day job is, but it is definitely not a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> if you're gonna he counter offers worth fourteen hundred and then says, Well, you can go like twelve hundred you can counter offer with twelve hundred. When you're going into a counter offer, you do not say what you're willing to go down to. And then he says, anything over a thousand. So Nathan offers a thousand and one dollars and he agrees. Yeah, like, did this is this how he acted when he was robbing someone of like ten grand or whatever happened earlier? Because like, I just I can't imagine how you can be like an efficient bank robber while you also are like willing to negotiate. It feels like a job where you need to be like very strict and be like, no, you need to do this for me. Yeah, I don't think bank robbers negotiate. Do they? <laughs> I don't think so. You're I think that's like, like the whole point. Give me this money or you die. And it's like, well, can I give you a little less? Can I give you a little bit of money? <laughs> could, could you just take like my finger? <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you half and you can shoot me in the foot. How's that? Oof. I feel like I'd rather be shot in the leg than the foot. <sighs> Depends. Like what part of the leg? Because if like it goes the, into like the, the thigh, your, your, your meaty thigh. No, that's bad. Because you're you got a big vein going up there. You could die. What if not? If what if they did not hit your artery? Maybe I don't know. What if they have to amputate? I'd rather it be just the foot versus like most of the leg. <laughs> I feel questions. like getting shot in your thigh would be. The, that's the place where if I was negotiating where to get shot, that's the spot I'd be aiming for if I had to get shot. I feel like mm -hmm. if you get shot in the foot, it is almost guaranteed that you'll have to chop off your foot. Whereas if you get shot in the thigh, then you're risking possibly having to amputate your whole leg or if it goes into like 
the meaty, fatty muscle, then, you know, they just take it out and you heal. So I think it's sort of like, what risk are you willing to take? Yeah, there's so many little bones in your foot. I don't know how you get out of that. Like your foot's destroyed. Whereas your thigh, I I, I have more confidence you can walk walk away from that one. I don't I don't know. I think you'd bleed out. I'd rather do like an arm. Hmm. It, or like it a hand. Help, it would be helpful. If, no, your hand has too many little things. Well, I don't need a hand that badly. Uh, I would disagree. I think you need a hand <laughs> very badly. <laughs> Um, it would be helpful if there was a doctor that we were speaking to. <laughs> it would be helpful if we're, if we we're knew not, We're just guessing. Yeah. Megan and I famously lifeguards for like many years. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> okay, come on. You don't need to know any like anything really about healthcare to be a lifeguard. You wouldn't know which is the best spot in your body to get shot if you're in a negotiation with a bank robber. <laughs> It's it didn't like, come up. It didn't come up in our lifeguard training. <laughs> it's more like someone's flailing around in the pool, hand them a flotation device, whistle <laughs> at them, but not in a sexual way. What? <laughs> Who is your supervisor? You. <laughs> <laughs> sexual sexual whistling. I don't remember. No, that I happened. said I said don't do that. <laughs> Whistle like a normal person. So they end up um, on the number $1,001. And uh, Paul says he's happy with that. He he confirms it, in fact, with Nathan. Um, and also he wants to point out that he's an easy negotiator. Well, okay. We all can see that, Paul. <laughs> and the fact that you're not even getting your own name. Like, we shouldn't even call him Paul. Like, he didn't get the name he wanted out of it, and he's getting paid probably exact, like, less than what it actually costs you to switch your name. Like, this definitely cost him money, and he is ending up with a name he doesn't want. This should have been a red flag right at the beginning, because at this point, we don't know his criminal record. Yeah, he, he seems very kooky. Yeah, a little questionable, his judgment, uh, for sure. So... They go to fill out all the paperwork, but Nathan realizes that for whatever reason in California, they have this rule where you have to publicly announce a name change in the newspaper of a general circulation for four weeks in a row. Um, So, of course, we have a little phone call with Judge Anthony Filosa, who confirms that, yes, this is the rule. And the only way that they can go forward with this name change is, of course, to create a brand new newspaper. Yeah, they call it the Diarrhea Times and they their their intention was that no one would read it. If you saw a Diarrhea Times newspaper, would you pick it up? No. But I I wouldn't pick up most newspapers. I think it's funny because like the font is like it's very like official looking. Like it looks like a nice newspaper. So I I might look at it and not even like it might not even click at first that it says like diarrhea times it's like oh what is this pick it up and then i think once you actually look at it and read it you're like oh this is this is an insane name for a newspaper you'd be so distracted by nick and Nora's infinite playlist review (laughs) that you wouldn't even notice the name i want to hear about this 
Um, but yeah, so Nathan, you know, he dreams of the diarrhea times. And of course, he hires our favorite person, uh, Austin Bowers, to be the ghostwriter of the diarrhea times. Um, and he mentions, of course, that Austin once wrote him a book in less than a week. Now, if you're sitting at home saying, wow, Austin Bowers, that seems like a really great guy. I'd love to learn a little more. Well, boom, we interviewed him. Look back in the feed, you fool. Yeah, you missed it. What are you doing? Go listen to it because he talks about this episode as well. And uh, we're not going to repeat too much of it. That was an excellent podcast. I re-listened to it to prepare for this episode. So yeah, I definitely wow. recommend going. Wow. Yeah, he's also just a nice dude. So, Oh my goodness. The nicest human. Wow. Imagine a stranger reaches out to you to a podcast <laughs> and you say yes. <laughs> like that alone, just a 10 out of 10 human. Yes. So uh, the nice thing that Nathan does for Austin is he does rent him an entire um, office, which is pretty great. Um, I feel like that's like a, a good gig, uh, probably better than Austin having to sit at home. You know, he has his own desk. Um, he gets to be the editor in chief and he basically just gets to write about whatever he wants to do. Uh, certainly the worst part is that Nathan does make him go introduce himself to every other person in the building, which does not feel like a thing that anyone does in any office. <laughs> oh, yeah. Even if wherever I worked didn't have a super strange name, especially this year, that sounds like an absolute nightmare. I'd be like, in no world am I going and introducing myself to anyone anywhere. And in his interview, he said it was really hard to keep a straight face. I can't I can't imagine the guy that he walks up to seems really confused. And I just I would love to see like extended footage on him going up to random people saying, I'm the editor of the Diarrhea Times. Oh, yeah. yeah and it's like, oh, did you come up with that name? Like, it's like, ugh. it's like, no, I have this, I'm on this TV show. Like, I can't <laughs> even I can't even imagine. Do you guys talk to your neighbors? Do you know the people that live near you or around you? I do. I wow. do. Yes. I have a couple stories of how I know um, my people that live below me. So um, back in like March earlier this year, I, I didn't really know who had lived right below me. Um, but there was one day where I hear my landlord like knocking on the building uh, door and out comes this person that, and, and he's like, I hear you have a dog in the building and we're not allowed to have dogs. And she just immediately is screaming at him. What the F I'm a dog sitter. Like I told you this when I started and he's like, my landlord's like, I, I don't know you like, um, like, and she was yelling at him. This is my job. Only, only here a couple hours, um, a day for, you know, a couple days a week. And, you know, she's screaming at him belligerently. Oh my gosh. And um, so then, then the next day, the cops are at my apartment and there was like some domestic dispute between them. And I learned that she had thrown like a toolbox at the guy oh that she lived with. And I learned later that they were random roommates. Um, so I, I had talked to this, to the girl that lived across from them and she was kind of filling me in about how she was this random roommate that he had found on Craigslist and 
that she, you know, smokes in the apartment and was awful and does drug deals and is, is really bad and that he was really sweet. But then a couple weeks later, the, the, the person that lived across the street texted me and was like, hey, like the, the guy that lived there, um, like he, he's really drunk. He's texting me. He's being really weird. And he had punched the girl. And so it was this really weird situation. Oh and long story short, they were kicked out. Um, so then I became friends with the girl that lives across from them. And when that apartment was open, I posted on Instagram. I said, hey, like <laughs> the apartment below me is available. Let me know if you're interested. And so my friend who I know through actually Rob has a podcast ended up moving below me. So, oh, that's whoa. so fun. Yeah. A wholesome ending. Yeah. I don't talk or know one of my neighbors at all. My other neighbor, if she like sees us in the backyard, she'll like throw little tea bags over the fence to us. She'll just like come up and be like, catch, and she'll throw stuff at us. And it's like, <laughs> it's like a little tea bag, or it'll be like a, a croissant in a bag. And then um, she, they have like a little balcony that faces our backyard. And so she always watches our cats run around. And when we bump into her in the driveway, she's always asking us about our cats. And that's kind of the only thing that I've ever really talked to her about. We don't know them really. But for Christmas, or I guess like a few weeks ago, they knit, they, she handmade us these like embroidered little bandanas with our cats' names on them spelled correctly for our cats. And so we're like, damn, we need to get them something for the holidays. But I don't know them or anything that they like and have no idea what to get them. So I want to find something that's like nice because they always randomly give us stuff and we've never done anything for them. That's so sweet. The girl that lives above me, like I had never met her before and she left a gift in front of my apartment. It was one of those like cardboard like houses that you can build for your cats that has like a scratching pad on it. Oh my God. It was really sweet. Can she see your cat at all from her place? Not from her place, but you can see Booby when, you know, if she's looking out the front window. (laughs) Oh, none of my neighbors like our pets, I don't think. One day our cat like got into the hallway. Well, I shouldn't say one day. This happens like all the time when you like open the door and then, you know, you have a bunch of groceries and the cat like bolts out the door or whatever. So he like went on a little jaunt down the hallway and someone was coming out of their door and he just like booked it past them and they like screamed oh, so no. loud. And I was like, it's like a 12 pound cat. Like it's not going to hurt you. Yeah. Cam's uh, normally pretty nice. Yeah, I get if my like 45 pound monster dog who like (laughs) is crazy looking runs out, but yeah, my cat, not so much. Mm -hmm. Um, Where were we? So yeah, Austin Bowers, he goes around, introduces himself to everyone. Um, We talk about how he draws some political cartoons in the Diarrhea Times. He's really just covering kind of all the bases. We got like movie reviews. He writes about the Zelda symphony that he goes to. And then, of course, the most important thing that Nathan really needs him to write about is he includes name changes in the newspaper. Well, let's go back to the Nick and Nora's Infinite playlist review. I love that moment where Austin is saying that it's his favorite movie of all time. And we learn in the podcast that you did with him that it actually is his favorite movie. 
Um, but I love when Athens, like how they came together was kind of beautiful. I'd like to find something like that one day. And that was such a heartwarming moment. It was so cute. Austin's so wholesome. And then, too wholesome for the show. Too wholesome honestly. for us. And then Nathan asks if Austin is single. And oh he gosh. says yes. And Nathan says he is too. And that's something that Nathan, Nathan and Austin connect about. And that's one of those like ongoing like storylines that Nathan is single. If he um, could it, redo the hunk, but have Austin as the hunk, that would be by far my favorite episode. Oh my god! <laughs> they can have yeah. Austin, Corey, Kyle. <laughs> if he could just run like the hunks back to back to back seasons with random people from the cast, that would be my favorite. Um, and in in that moment where they're talking about being single, there was like a lot of long. Uh, pauses and awkward silences and those are like I love those moments in Nathan Nathan for you Um, and I feel like Nathan was really holding back laughter in that moment yeah all those moments make me so suspicious like when Nathan filmed the hunk he was full-on married so I don't know if they had gotten a divorce by this point but when he was like oh yeah me too I'm like I don't know about that (laughs) side-eyeing him yeah, I'm like, mm, I'd have to Google that. <laughs> All right. So I have a copy of the Diarrhea Times, Volume 1, Issue 1. And I, I have this uh, because the episode aired on September 28th, 2017. And so the day after they had posted that uh, they were – distributing copies of the of this issue in 10 major cities in the U.S. So um, I have the, the Twitter post from Nathan, and it says you could pick it up at the BP gas station in Atlanta, Gramercy Wine Cellars in New York City, um, a walk-in express in Austin, Texas. So a lot of just random places. But there was it was available um, in Chicago, Illinois, at a Food Smart in the Logan Square neighborhood. So, of course, I first thing in the morning, I hop over to Logan Square and co- uh, pick up several copies of these. So I do want to sort of go over what the newspaper looks like. Um, yes. Were so there course, other people there to get it? No. I mean, it's just this very – it's just like this little food mart connected to a laundromat. And I, I just – I walked in, and I think I was the only one in there to get it. I remember there being a couple sacks, and I did get there early, so – I don't know if it ran out, but um, I also curious of like when they talk to all these businesses, like what was their pitch to them? Like, <laughs> I'm going to give you this free newspaper. Just like here, don't ask any questions. <laughs> it um, feels like that is what people do because like there's been a lot of TikToks of like I saw one recently where a guy like had a printed cutout of himself being like buy this like meal from like a random gas station. And he like put it up in the gas station and was just like, yeah head office told me to bring this here and left it well it turns out that that was actually all like staged and what he had talked to what is it a quick mart or what was like i don't know the gas station name but it, yeah. it, it came out later that, that that they knew that that was happening and that they had planned to do the the promotion and, and it was all an ad and now he's gonna get fined for not um you know not disclaiming that it was an ad <gasps> yeah oh my god tiktok you can't trust anything on there. Although that is a good like business idea for like if Nathan could do something like that if they ever <laughs> <laughs> redo pick up the show again. 
Um, but yes, I would love to hear more about the Diary of Time. Sure. So of course, the front page is the infamous movie review, Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist, which I will read in a little bit. But there are a total of four um, like headlines on the first page. And what I didn't notice until very recently is that three of the four articles, like at the bottom of it, the you know how it's if if an article like is it cuts off and then they say see more on page two or three, three of the articles say see more on page uh, three, but when you go to the next page, it's not there. So it's just part <laughs> of an article. <laughs> yeah. Oh so, my god. Um. So the I'll just read the mu- movie review. Um. Easily my favorite movie of all time. The comedy was on point. I love the characters. The plot and story were all were well executed. And of course, I can't forget that one piece of gum. What makes this movie my favorite is largely due to the part I absolutely expected it to disappoint me when I saw the cover of the box. Kat Dennings and Michael Sarah inside a pair of headphones in the shape of a heart. Probably another cheesy romantic com- comedy with music. Fortunately, I was wrong. I got dynamic and engaging character interactions, a romance that wasn't formed out of coincidence or random circumstances, and one of the best final kiss, see Nick and Nora, page three. (laughs) And then it doesn't continue on to page three. Oh my God. Um, Amazing. The other headlines on the front page is unusual dolphin sighting in Louisiana, which is about a pink dolphin uh, sighted in in Louisiana. Um, EpiPen price hike makes big profit. Um, I recently had to buy an EpiPen. Luckily, they're heavily subsidized here. Yes, in Canada. (laughs) Yes, in Canada. I need to take advantage. I live in, in Chicago, Illinois, but I'm a dual citizen. Oh, definitely. Come, yeah. come visit. Come get your health care up here. So page two, there's an editor's corner, integrity between writers. There's an article about the most anticipated year in cinema. They also Ooh. have some ads, which I know he's he's credited on the back as like um, advertising sales. So they legitimately got some ads. Oh, my God. Um, wow. Page three, there's FBI still on the Clinton email scandal, question mark. Um, you see Pokemon Sun and Pokemon Moon has fans starry-eyed. We see the Zelda Symphony music from Hyrule to our ears. And then just embedded in that bottom right corner, if you're really looking closely, you can see the name change announcement. Robert Paul Holmes of Encino, California will henceforth be known as Michael Richards. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> Do you ha- do you think you have to pay to have your name in the newspaper to announce your name switch or that any newspaper is just willing to do it? I think – I don't think you have to pay for it. That would be really weird. So you just call a newspaper and say, hey, I switched my name. You have to post about it so it can be legal. Yeah, I assume like when you're doing it, they probably have someone who will like contact the newspaper on your behalf. With the list of new names. Yeah, I assume. I mean, again, mm-hmm. I don't really know anything. <laughs> um, yeah, and on the back page, then, we see legalizing recreational weed. Uh, we see the political cartoon, which we see in the episode. <laughs> it is a poorly drawn uh, comic of Donald Trump. 
And then we do see like the credits. So the Diarrhea Times, founded in 2016, publisher slash editor, Austin Bowers. Advertising sales, Austin Bowers. Graphic design and layout, Austin Bowers. So this is one of my most prized possessions. And I'm wondering too, because they had to circulate a total of four issues. Um, you know, issues two through three four were just out in LA. And I'm curious, just for one, just who picked it up. And if they did, they're likely to have just tossed it away. So I think if you have one of these, like, these are probably going. I remember like before I had looked it up because I was trying to find the like dumb Starbucks merch. And like any Nathan merch seems to be. Yeah, I look this up. I look this up at some point. I see it one for $700. Oh, my God. Now, we don't know if anyone will actually purchase it for that amount, but that's what it is listed for. And which issue is this? It's the one you have. Oh. It's with Nick and Nora. I oh have several copies of these. I should have snagged more. I should have just snagged the whole, like, basket. The stack. Yeah, I you would be a millionaire. So <laughs> you should yeah. scan it and sell it as an NFT. <laughs> Yeah, it says, Nathan, for you, the Diarrhea Times newspaper fielder, very rare. Very rare. Isabel, very rare. Oh, my gosh. It has 11 watchers, but I don't believe any bids. So do you have this, like, framed and you hang it on your wall, or do you just – how do you keep it? So I have two copies, and they're just in, like, my file box where I keep, like, my passport and birth certificate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I should I should frame it. You should keep one and probably try to sell one on eBay. That'd be sick. I love that. I'm so happy you have it. Yeah, that's so cool. I'm so jealous. I want any Nathan things. I should try and find Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's not many things out there. Yeah, you have the movement, I guess. Yeah. You can anyone can buy that on Amazon. So, you know, we see, as we mentioned, they distribute the paper um across LA and the first issue goes out to a bunch of other major cities as well. Um And they do it for the whole four weeks. So after it's been announced for four weeks, they realize, okay, now it's time. We can actually make Paul officially Michael Richards. Um, However, the biggest issue that we find is that we learn that Paul has a very colorful criminal history. That he very willingly tells Nathan about. I feel like I'd keep that tucked under my belt. Yeah, it's uh, it's very odd. Like, he just kind of gives up this information out of nowhere. It's like, you um, know you're being filmed. Yes. And it makes sense that, like, Nathan would be very sketchy about this because he takes the $10,000 that they're going to give to the restaurant out of the fund from Summit Ice mm-hmm. um, because they don't have a lot of cash on hand at the show. So, obviously, he doesn't want... Michael Richards to steal 10 grand, though that would also make an interesting headline. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of finding Francis, we get finding Michael Richards. We <laughs> have to hunt down home. this man that yeah. stole $10,000. Yeah. So I feel like let's discuss this charge. So Michael says he was involved in an arm armed robbery. 
and a step something that is a step below kidnapping which okay to decide to do an armed robbery what what is the smallest possible thing you could be armed with your fists or is it like you have to at least have a knife I think you would have to at least have a knife, right? Like a a metal pole, like just any any item. Something threatening. Right? It has to be. (laughs) We don't know enough about this. Should we consult the lawyers? I just, like, I have the Citizen app. I'm not sure if that's a thing in Canada, but it'll say, like, crime that's happening around you. And I just saw one. It was, like, our man with a uh, machete, like a mile away from me, and I, it's surprising oh the amount of oh my god people that it, I get a lot of them that says like personal. You didn't get that right now, did you? No, th- I mean this was not not too um, not too recent. I mean it was just recently, right before I uh, started recording. Um, <laughs> oh and like, yeah, today? but yeah, but it's so not this un- literally just happened. Yeah, it, I'm trying is to your pull door it locked. <laughs> uh, it is. Oh yeah, report of two men armed with machetes. Uh, this oh, was an hour. Ago. Yeah, but it's not. A, I. I mean, it's kind of scary how frequently I, you see that relating with swords, bow and arrows. There was a guy on Lakeshore Drive on a on a horse, like you know, stopping traffic because he was on a horse going down Lakeshore Drive. Um, Oh my god! Was he, shoot- was he shooting a bow and arrow at people? Uh, no, he was just causing a nuisance. But yeah, <laughs> a man it's... on a horse is a much different discussion than someone with a bow and arrow shooting people. I mean, a man on a horse is a lot more normal here. We literally have mounted police who ride horses. Yeah, a man on a horse is like a friendly, fun thing to walk past. <laughs> <laughs> you feel friendly walking past the royal mounted police here? Yeah. Like, it's never like, you're never upset about walking past a person on a horse. You're like, oh, howdy doody. Well, unless he's on Lakeshore Drive, which is like one of the main like <laughs> arteries to get into work if you're in from Chicago. Like, um, the there, there are cops on horses sometimes downtown here. Yeah, and in Chicago too. I hate, I always hate when you like have to read the like budget item that is like how much money this city spends on like cleaning up horse shit. It's like egregious. <laughs> the I've, amount never, of money. I've never read this. When did you read it? How much is it? It's a lot. Like what well, over a hundred like over a hundred thousand dollars just to clean up horse poop. Mm. And like in horse care. <laughs> For how many horses? I don't know. We'd have to look it up. I think a lot of them live at, like, medieval times, though. Oh. <laughs> Money well spent. <laughs> we are, uh, we're big fans of medieval times. Dinner and tournament. Yeah, there's nothing more you could ask for from a meal out. <laughs> than jousting? Dr- drama. Romance. A whole yes. turkey leg. Yeah. Eating with your hands. Um, okay, <laughs> so because of this entire situation with Michael and the armed robbery slash almost kidnapping, there was enough. There was not enough follow up. <laughs> yeah, we didn't learn enough here. 
Um, but Nathan's kind of fail safe for the entire scenario is he wants to handcuff himself to Michael Richards. Um, basically from the moment that they go to get the bank account set up and put the $10,000 in until the next day when the impersonator will be going to actually do the tip. So he handcuffs himself to Michael Richards because Michael Richards, you know, is he's, he's quite understanding about this whole thing. Um, probably too understanding, but we shouldn't be surprised. Like going back to the $1,001 negotiation, he just seems like he's a bit of a yes man. He's like, sure. Yeah, I don't have anything else going on tonight. (laughs) What do you think of Nathan's reaction to the story? I I think it's warranted. Okay, now offhand, my reaction would have been the literal opposite. I'd be like, let me not stay super close to the man who tried to do an armed assault and robbery. Like, how about we keep our distance and just have someone watching his door or like handcuff him to like a bodyguard. I'd be like, maybe not like, I don't know who'd win in a fight, but I don't, I don't know if I like Nathan's odds. Maybe Nathan is just like lonely enough and wants like a friend and connection that he's willing to do that. I mean, he's like, he doesn't want it to look sketchy. So he asked, you know, he says, we want to make it look like we're just holding hands, which was really cute. (laughs) Yeah, literally the sketchiest thing you could maybe ever see is someone walking into a bank in handcuffs with someone else. Like the fact that no one at this bank recognized this and stopped it, although I guess it's clearly being filmed. But this was like the sketchiest thing you could see. Like if I saw someone handcuffed with someone else in a bank, like I'd be I'd be saying something. I don't know if I would actually. Hmm. You can't really tell. Yeah, they were trying to hide it, so they were holding hands. And you know, he says that um, he ho- Nathan says he hopes that they will see him at the- them as just two friends, just two friends holding hands, holding hands bank. to the bank, <laughs> to the bank, the most most friendly Romantic. places. Just enjoying the clouds, as he says. <laughs> so they're going to be handcuffed together for a full 24 hours. Nathan does spring for, you know, a hotel room with an adjoining door. Yeah. So this next part is one of my favorite little tidbits from the episode. So they get the, uh, adjoining hotel rooms. Now in order to continue wearing the handcuffs to make sure newly named Michael Richards does not sneak out, go to the bank, take out the $10,000 and disappear. Nathan gets a pair of handcuffs that have a really long chain in the middle so that they are able to go into their separate hotel rooms and there's enough length where they're able to like go to the bathroom, go to sleep, watch TV. So really quickly, you see both of them go into their separate hotel rooms, close the door, and then immediately pull a bunch of chain towards their side. So they kind of negotiate a little bit for who gets how much chain and then they, they spend the night. Um, just going about their regular nighttime routine, wearing one handcuff. <laughs> so awkward. Um, I, I want to know what Michael Richards like told his friends about this after. Because like you'd have to explain like one, I changed my name, and two, like they're like, oh, what'd you get up to this weekend? It's like, oh, I like slept handcuffed to this random guy for a TV show. 
Though maybe they wouldn't be that surprised because he does seem a little bit unhinged. So hard to say. Well, Nathan was able to go to bed knowing that Michael uh, and his money, the money wasn't going anywhere. Yes. So after spending the night, uh, Nathan wakes up in the morning and he unlocks himself and he sneaks out without telling Michael, which I don't really understand why he doesn't mention to Michael that he's just like going to go and do the tip. He just is like, oh, I snuck out and didn't say anything. Was there a reason? Can you guys figure it out? Because I truly have no idea. Um, maybe so. Again, I guess the fear is he runs to the bank and, and pulls the money out. Whereas if they're going to execute doing the tip, it, it's not the quickest process. He has to get the card, take it to the Michael Richards impersonator, uh, set up the whole situation, get the cameras rolling there. So he was probably actually gone for a few hours. Whereas if Michael had just run to the bank and said, oh, I lost my credit card. I want to take my money out. Uh, But there's other things he could have done. He could have brought him with him. They could have just had a security guard from the show or someone just keeping an eye on him. It was a little unnecessary, but kind of funny. They could have like handcuffed it to something secure in their room. So it's like he wouldn't have been able to go away. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But but still told him like, hey, I'm I'm not going to be around for a couple hours. Yeah. Yeah. Just feel bad. We never really get to say goodbye to Michael Richards. They, they just leave him. <laughs> they never go back to the hotel room. He might still be in there. Um, so Nathan heads over to Joe K's, meets up with our Michael Richards impersonator, uh, a.k.a. Steve, and they're kind of getting prepped. They're getting ready. We learn a couple of other things about kind of the little scheme that's going to go down. One is that they really want to make sure that he's able to sign Michael Richards' signature on the receipt so they created like a light box with michael richard's signature inside so that he's able to perfectly trace the signature when he signs the bill Um, we also learned that they had done some rehearsals with the other staff members from the restaurant to make sure that everyone you know really understands their part in this whole entire thing and it looks like we're good to go um we kind of see them execute the whole thing Steve slash Michael Richard sits down, orders a veggie melt, and then pays, and uh, the staff all react very surprised to this $10,000 tip that we see. Yeah, and just going back a little bit, we also got to see this montage of the Michael Richards impersonator practicing going into the restaurant, sitting down writing a big tip and leaving. And his first few takes, he very much did it pretending to be Kramer. And Nathan had to continuously remind him, you know, you're not a Kramer impersonator, you're a Michael Richards impersonator. So they showed this little montage of him continuously entering this fake restaurant door in a practice room. And it goes from like the crazy Kramer stumbling into a room, throwing himself around, being very jittery, to just walking like a normal person and just being very tame about the whole thing. Yeah, I think he does a good job. I think actually everyone does a pretty good job for the most part. Um, I think the server kind of when he's like showing people afterwards is like a little Mm -hmm. bit extra. But none of these people are professional actors who work in the restaurant. So I think they did pretty well. Yeah, definitely. I absolutely love the light box signature tip receipt 
thing. It was one of my favorite parts. It was so fun. I loved it. I thought that uh, he should like cover it a little bit more when he's like going around showing people the receipt. But yeah, that part was a little suspicious. If you got a really big tip, would you say anything at the restaurant? I'd probably keep my mouth shut and not tell customers. I'd be like, you still have to tip me today too. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point. I didn't think about that. Um, I mean, I think, you know, they, they wanted to spread the word so that it would get around to the media and that the customers would be able to, yeah. But I think if that actually happened in real life, yeah, I probably wouldn't say anything. Yeah. I'd keep quiet. (laughs) I feel like I'd be pretty excited. I could see myself wanting to tell people. I'd like message my friend group about it. I wouldn't like rub it in the other server's face being like, I got 10,000 bucks because I served this table today. (laughs) I'm sure it would get around later when you cash out, but true. yeah, I feel like it it wouldn't feel great to be another server at the restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, on a $14 tip or a $14 bill too, which is Mm -hmm. like very, (laughs) very crazy. Is that a good price for a veggie melt? Also, $14? Yeah. Also, what do we think is on a veggie melt? Do you have their do you have their menu open? Yeah, I can order delivery right now if you want. Let's see if um I can get the Oh. Their website does not exist, but uh let oh. me try and order delivery. To see what happens. I think that's a pretty average price if there's a side included. Yeah. I have never heard of a veggie melt. Oh, here we go. Vegetarian melt. Okay, I got it. Tomato, avocado, mushrooms, onions, lettuce, and melted cheese on grilled wheat bread. Served with french fries, coleslaw, pickles, soup, and salad. Whoa, it's served with a lot. Yeah, and it's actually only $11.95. After tax. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they have a long menu. Very long menu. They have falafel, chicken shish kebab. They have a lot going on here at Joe K's Deli. I am curious, is that something that Michael, the real Michael Richards would actually order? Um, they said to pick something that they, he thinks he would actually order. Is he a vegetarian? That's a good question. I should, I should keep up on all the celebrities and which ones are vegetarian, you know, who are my people. Um, it looks like apparently... He is uh, virtually a vegan, according to Wikipedia. So during the scene where Kramer eats chicken in bed, he actually only chewed chicken skin and spit it into a bucket between takes. Oh. There you go. Um, But yeah, so we see them. They execute the tip. Everything goes well. And it turns out pretty well for them. It does get picked up on TV. Um, So we see it on it looks like the local news perhaps um and they kind of talk about how waiter joe k's deli received a ten thousand dollar tip from michael richards and the waiter was so happy they thought he was gonna cry they do mention that the story is not verified um but again why would michael richards come out and say no this wasn't me that would be very silly of him and uh yeah, we then see that Nathan decided they're going to run one more issue of the Diarrhea Times so that they could write about the big tip and so that Austin's work could live forever in Joe K's deli. 
I wonder if that's yeah. still hanging up in the restaurant. I was in LA like a couple years ago and I was thinking about going to the restaurant. It was just too far out of the way for me. I mean, there's so many places in um, LA that are like on the show. You could do a whole tour of LA just going to like the souvenir shop and all those fun places. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, as discussed earlier, um, Joe K's Deli is still open. So if you're in Vernon, California, you can uh, go check that out. It actually has decent reviews on Google. It has a 4.4. So not terrible. Um, can yeah, we go order veggie melt? Can we go back to like when Steve, like they, that closing scene with Steve and the fact that Steven is happy and like yeah. usually when Nathan succeeds at his goal, um, he still he doesn't like earn the respect of the client or vice versa where he fails. Um, so you know they're kind of like thanks but no thanks. But Stephen like loves the idea and calls Nathan an angel. Yeah, it's very yeah, sweet. That, that was really cute. Yeah, I hope that they were able to get more business from this. You know, if they get into the news, maybe spread the word. I don't know how many people that would bring out, but hopefully more. I mean, they're still open, so clearly they're not like – they probably, I'm sure, have struggled at, as all uh, businesses did during the pandemic, but mm-hmm. at least they're still kicking it, so it's incredible for them, especially mm-hmm. for like a deli or like a kind of like diner restaurant. I feel like those are quite few and far between um, in a lot of places. Like I can't think mm-hmm. of any near me. But I'd go in. I'm always looking for somewhere to get brunch. They have a 4.4 review on Google. And I'm trying to go back to reviews from like about five years ago. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm having a hard time going back there. But I'm wondering, I'm trying to see if there's any that are like specific that you can tell that they went because of um, the show. Yeah, I feel like those ones are usually funny enough on Yelp, um, even though... Who the fuck cares about Yelp? But yeah, for some reason, the the reviews on Yelp are normally a lot older than the ones on Google. Um, In 2011, they did get a one star. They've been open for a long time. Mm -hmm. Since 2010 is the earliest review. So they've been kicking it for a while. There is a... uh a review five stars from three years ago and all it says is Nathan for you. (laughs) (laughs) I really hope that if triple D comes back that we can, uh, we can get start a campaign on there. I wonder if they have like a specialty item. I mean, are we sure that they haven't been on triple D? Speaking of friends, when he says goodbye to Austin, that was also a really cute moment. He's like, could we maybe sometime get a beer sometime or like tea? Yeah, I wish that they had actually gone. They didn't go. So heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Nathan, come on, go take Austin out for a beer. Please, on us. <laughs> <laughs> Nathan, like, sends us a Venmo request. (laughs) (laughs) How did you guys feel about the other little segment at the end we get of the Ace Ventura slash Jim Carrey impersonator again? 
I thought he was probably the best impersonator there. Yeah, yeah. but again, it was an Ace Ventura impersonator and not Jim Carrey. I would have yeah, liked yeah. to have seen extended footage of like other interactions of like just, I don't know, Austin and Nathan talking or Austin going around to people saying he's the author of Diarrhea Times. Yeah, they probably had a lot more content from Austin that could have been the final clip. We probably saw everything we needed to see with our Jim Carrey friend in the original uh, part of the episode. Yeah. I'm wondering too, I mean, how many people he called, like how many Michael Richards he called and people hung up on him oh, there. And also too. other people that he had maybe talked to about the name change that they didn't show. Yeah. Or a follow-up to see if Michael Richards uh, ended up going and changing his name to Paul. <laughs> I hope he did. I hope he did too. <laughs> I feel kind of bad for him. <laughs> I mean, he got his thousand and one dollars, I assume. So there's that. But I hope I hope he bought himself something that he that he likes. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much the episode. We don't really have anyone on IMDb other than the Taylor Swift impersonator who I mentioned. Who? Yeah, the list is uh, the list is super short. Yeah, her last project was as a Marilyn Monroe impersonator, which is very funny. Maybe she realized after watching back the episode, like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be Taylor Swift. Though mm-hmm. so now, like, Taylor Swift's like so hot again. I feel like now's the time uh, to be a Taylor was Swift impersonator. Never not hot. Yeah, but I feel like she's like back at the top of the zeitgeist, whereas like a couple mm-hmm. years ago, she was like kind of still she was still famous, but she was not, you know, everywhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I wonder if there's any Jake Gyllenhaal impersonators out there. <laughs> You're done. Probably not. <laughs> People invite him to their birthday parties so he can, uh, so they can yell at him, or they give him the wrong address. They're like, "You're not invited to my birthday party." Yeah, he never showed up. But yeah, that is season four, episode one. Strong first episode. I feel like this is going to be near the top of our rankings. Ah, oh, I love this episode so much. So incredible good. stuff. Isabel, mm-hmm. thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, yes. thank you um, so much for having me. It was it was a blast. Yeah, tell everyone where they can follow along with you and if you have anything uh, coming up that you want to get people to check out. Sure. Um, nothing to plug, but you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Missabel22. That's M-I-S-S-A-B-E-L-L-E 22. And you can follow my cat on Instagram, booby underscore the underscore cat booby is an excellent follow i mean <laughs> so, so, so is isabel. isabel so is she, isabel oh booby exceeds me exponentially um she is an icon she is pretty iconic are you playing any more animal crossing uh orgs in the near future no i am not now, I d- do not have Animal Crossing, but I was like one of, I might have been the only person who was in the audience watching but not participating in an Animal Crossing ORG. <laughs> oh, my sister was too. Stephanie was as well. Um, yeah. So I watched you guys a bit. <laughs> yeah. We didn't really talk about that at the beginning. Like that whole experience was so fun. And if you if you want to check that out, it's at or it's Wombat Water on, on Twitter and you can listen to their podcast. But they had done this ORG on Animal Crossing where you would 
play the games on on the Switch, but talk um, and chat on Discord. And it was produced into this beautifully done audio podcast, which you wouldn't think that you could do something that was so visual, like when you were actually playing audio wise, but it was just such an immersive podcast that they had created. And it was so much fun. And spoiler alert, um, I had blindsided Kelly pretty hard <laughs> towards the end. <laughs> so I'm glad that Every we are guest who comes on here is like, and then I blindsided Kelly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which and I also because so we had played together, but I didn't know who you were until later on because I had heard heard you on Robert and Akiva did a podcast and that's when you had mentioned um, that you had a Nathan for you podcast and so we started following each other and talking on on um, Clubhouse and stuff and it just took me several months after that to realize you were the same Kelly that I had you were that had. snake I shanked in Animal Crossing yeah. online I I was the snake I think I mean yeah. I remember screaming. (laughs) (laughs) It was so fun. I was raging in my room. (laughs) No, I I had such a good time. It was so much fun. I I feel like, yeah, everything that Isabel said, if anyone's interested in hearing um, the podcast, it is like incredibly well produced and it is so funny. Um, There's a lot of like really funny moments where I think Someone tried to vote out a member of production at one point, <laughs> which was my favorite part of the game. Um, but yeah, it's it's very cool. All right. And if you want to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, we would really appreciate it. Also, follow us on Twitter at Nathan Pod. You can follow me at Kelly W on all the social media and Megan at Megan Bianco. Sometimes she posts, sometimes she doesn't. It's always very exciting when she does, though. (laughs) (laughs) It's always a surprise, and it's 100% of the time about one of my cats. (laughs) This has been Kelly and Megan and Isabel on your side.